Hello, my name is Evan Jacobs and welcome to the Orange County Hardcore Scene Stir Aftermath podcast. These interviews are part of an ongoing series chronicling the hardcore punk music scene in Orange County, California and sometimes elsewhere. They are an addendum to the film Orange County Hardcore Scene Stir. This is a documentary I made that chronicles the 1990s hardcore punk scene. You can stream Orange County Hardcore Scene Stir on Vimeo. For $2 a month, you can watch every Anadimia film by subscribing to Anadimia Films Unlimited on Vimeo. Links for all this stuff are in each episode description. To support this podcast, please like, rate, and review it. Also, please subscribe to Anadimia Films TV on YouTube, where you can view all of these podcasts in their original video form. So Jack, what are we doing? Uh, this is an unboxing video. Uh, we're going to be uh, unboxing the newest uh, album by the band Triggerman. It is a, uh, a double LP. It's called A Place in the Sun. Now, have you ever seen the movie? Did you want to see? No, thank you. Um, no, I haven't seen the movie. Yeah, I've seen the movie a long time ago. I don't remember it. Yeah, I'll be honest. Um, I'm not really that much of a fan of movies uh, pre-70s. Really? Yeah. I, the older the older movies? I mean, I've seen some, and ironically enough, one of my all-time favorite movies is Citizen Kane. Um, Maybe as, Trigger Man should, as should do... Is, to do, you know what I mean? They did a place in the sun. They do Citizen Kane. <laughs> um, but uh, and actually, my only, the, the only, uh, my only, uh, the only time, the only reason why I'm even aware of a place in the sun is because it was made reference to in the movie Stir Crazy. If you remember when uh, uh, Gene Wilder was in prison and uh, Joe Beth Williams. Uh, was visiting him in, at one point and, and he asked her if she'd seen a place in the sun <laughs> and it was like one of it was like her, her favorite movie or something and they started talking about it no I think that <laughs> I remember many things about that movie and Gene that's, Wilder that's the only my only the only thing I really and I know that Elizabeth Taylor and Montgomery Cliff star in it gotcha. and that's because of it she said she says it in that movie that the movie with Elizabeth Taylor and Montgomery Cliff. Well, now we have the record of it. We have this record, which is, you know, obviously inspired by it. And I, I think that was a lot, that was a big thing for Gavin. Um, kind of, this is like his brainchild. So do you want to do the honors of opening up this, this, I mean, it's a gatefold. Yeah, it's a two album, 180 gram vinyl. Wow. Do you want to do it? You want to? Sure. Okay. Careful. Yeah, I, I meant to bring an X-Acto knife, and I forgot it. Actually, I'm going to switch chairs as you do that. Okay. So is this the first Trigger Man record you've opened since their first one, Dead Like, Dead like Me? Um, I... 
I think I did get a, uh, a vinyl copy of the second album, Learning to Lie, which I can't remember if that was a gatefold or not. But that was only one out, one album, not right, two. Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that was. It was. Um, yeah, I. I think I asked Joe, and I don't remember what he said. Wow! Look at this thing. This thing looks like. So you can you can do the honors of opening. Well, I mean, opening. it looks like a painting, right? It looks like a painting. You have this, and it just looks. The way it looks is it's a street and it's it's kind of descending downward on it, it looks like, like fire hydrant. I'm thinking, I could be wrong. And yeah, and that brings me to the, the artwork. Um, uh, that was the prop that I'd mentioned I was gonna bring yesterday. Unfortunately, I couldn't obtain the prop that I wanted to bring. And the, that prop was going to be a copy of the, uh, the 1981 uh, Van Halen album, Fair Warning. Uh, the artwork, and maybe at some point you can like bring in. Uh, well, when you're editing, you can bring in the artwork of Fair Warning. Oh, here's the inside. Oh wow! All the lyrics. Wow, look at that! All the lyrics, and all this stuff in the band picture right there. Yeah, it looks really cool with uh, the way that they put the lyrics and these uh, characters who. Are the characters supposed to be for, like from a place in the sun? These people? Um, that's I I think so, or maybe of that time kind of kind of thing. I think maybe that's what that's what they're going for with this. Um, what I love is going back to Triggerman lore. They used to open with song ten, which was Time Divides. Mm -hmm. But if you look, there's still numbers next to each song. Yeah, that's a Gavin thing. Yeah, it's just incredible though. I, lo I that love that. that. Yeah, it's it's pretty yeah it's pretty cool. Definitely uh, interesting. I, I I'm not aware of any other uh, musician who does anything like that, or at least if they do it, they don't put it included in the uh, the packaging of the the record. I didn't realize the Long Beach Youth Chorus sang on one. Two, three, four songs. Wow. Yeah, and that that was a really good addition. I, I really liked uh, the 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 use of that that chorus. Those kids did an, uh, an amazing job, and uh, it it definitely added to the kind of the the weight of the songs. It made this definitely beefed up the songs quite a bit. Having all the you know the kids. Uh, voices as opposed to just uh, Nelson. Color-wise, do you think this has sort of gone back to a little bit of Dead Like Me? I mean, Dead Like Me was brighter, but, yeah. but color-wise... Yeah, it's, um, it's, yeah, it's similar. It, it's definitely a lot different than uh, the artwork for uh, Learning to Lie. Learning to Lie, I thought that was bright. Right, right. It was different. This is dark. <laughs> I think when I interviewed Joe, I referred to Learning the Lie as their Southern Rock album. You want to um, take a look at the, the Oh, vinyl? yeah. Yeah, you want. Why don't you take out your, your record first? More artwork. Basically, I guess the same artwork that's on the cover. Just right. uh, kind of 
So from down. Yeah, just kind of uh, ex exact exact uh, cutout, so to speak. So yes, this is a 180 gram vinyl, and it feels every bit of it more the same artwork. So you know what that means then when it, when it says it's not what is that is that a heavier vinyl? Yeah. Yeah, I think it. Uh, did you always know this, or did you learn it for this? Uh, oh no, I, I, well, I, I don't even really know exactly. I mean, I'm assuming that it, it. I don't know if it affects the sound. Right. I don't know right. anything about it in terms of, you know, I'm not an audiophile. I mean, I know that 180 gram is more expensive than, you know, regular weight vinyl. I'm looking for something on the ma the Matrix, and I don't see anything. Yeah, I was might be ask. The, there might be on the other record. I was gonna ask if they There's did nothing that. on the mate. Well, nope. Peter Porter sang a few songs. Sang on yeah. songs. Yeah, he, 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 did a great, he did a great job too. My favorite Dag Nasty singer. My my personal favorite. And he sang on Dissolve. No, no, but oh, D oh Dissolve on this. Oh, and, but Dag Nasty. Yeah, it was. We got it. Denkos and Field Day. Gotcha, gotcha. And then on this, he sang on. As you said, you just said Dissolve. And then on the, I think the, one of the reprises, the, oh no, um, no, oh, now is never. Okay. Like, I think that, yeah, is that already? I think it begins with, uh, or no, it begins with, it's only natural. Let me, as you can see, we've, uh, oh no, I'm wrong, forget it. Well, no, then forget there's also a It doesn't, it said. But it's its own song now is never well no in the, over here there's sort of like a cheat sheet like it lists for both for the, all all the songs oh, probably the full uh track listing yeah wow dude that is uh yeah, wow, it's really is... it's really cool looking gavin really did a great job i'm glad i waited to open i mean it it, it just it it, it would have it, it it just was such a like I was telling Joe, it was such a kind of like a piece of art. I'm like, it just feels weird just opening it like it's just another record. Because I mean, don't get me wrong, not I mean every record isn't just another record, but this is a different kind of record. Want to take out your vinyl? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, here I'll do that. Here, and then you know what we'll do? We'll turn this around again so people can see the inside. This is. Uh, this, which, like you said, similar artwork to the front. Um, right here. Yeah, I think it's stuff from the, the... Oh, yeah, and so these are the shadows. You really have to... And this is... Okay, so this would be the... Yeah, it's, it's, it's all... I can guess, like physics or geometry or something in terms of the shadow and everything else. Do you know who this gentleman, uh, Matt Cothran is, who sings on the first song? I do not. I do not. That is, uh, I saw that and I was, here you all are. Check the matrix. Yeah. If any record in from punk and hardcore didn't have something on the Matrix, I don't even know if they, they, that's done anymore. But I mean, it would have to not be this record. Like this record just yeah, there's really nothing stands on of, its own as a, it's kind of all in here. <laughs> there's nothing yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, they they, they left it all like on the 
on in the, the recording uh, studio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. Wow, this is it's it's so it's so interesting. Um, Gavin, I was talking to him. Um, he's demoing songs or he writes new music. He's um, been taking audio from old shows and kind of lining it over that. And I just think I I never knew. I maybe should have, but I never knew about his. He just he just seems to sort of have a fascination with. A certain a specific period in time, and maybe I knew that and kind of forgot it. But look at this thing. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty impressive. It's a very very well very very well done uh, package, and uh, um, because I consider I consider Triggerman a, a post hardcore mm -hmm. band myself. They're one of my top five uh, favorite post-hardcore bands. Top five favorite hardcore post-hardcore bands. Go. Number one, four one one. Okay. Number two. Wow, that's interesting. I never thought. It's so weird. Yeah, I decided to separate. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So now, hardcore. My top, my favorite hardcore band is Seven Seconds. Favorite post-hardcore band, four one one. Okay. Okay. So number, number one, four one one. Number two, Dag Nasty. Okay. Actually, no. Number two, Fagazi. Okay. Number three, Dag Nasty. Um. Triggerman is number four or five. I'm trying to think then who the other band is. Quicksand, or were you? I know you liked Quicksand. Yeah, I like Quick. Yeah, they're they're not they're not in my top five. I can't remember. Right. Okay. Well, they're good. in there. Yeah, Triggerman's yeah. in the four or five. No, I'm glad that you were <laughs> so extemporaneously able to pull up a to pull up a list. Um, and that's also yes. interesting about four one one because I never really thought about it, but I guess you're right. They would. Be post hardcore because yeah. yeah I don't know that I would yeah because to me there's a difference between like Dag Nasty and uh, Fagazi mm -hmm. as opposed to obviously like Minor Thread and Seven Seconds and um, Uniform Choice. I think uh, also four one one. It's interesting. I often heard hear them kind of refer to themselves as a punk band, and I just I never thought about them as a punk band. But I guess post hardcore would probably be the yeah. I mean, it's just you know, it's my OCD. I like to to me. I just I like having subgenres so I can have lots of favorites. Right, right. Gotcha. And gotcha. I can do top five lists and have like endless top five lists. Gotcha, gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. So then, um, but I was going to say that to my knowledge, I guess Triggerman is the only post hardcore band to do a double album. I mean, I can't think of another one. Gotcha, gotcha. I, I mean, mm -hmm. I certainly can't think of a hardcore or punk band. Well, I can think of a, wait, I don't think, I, actually, there may not even be a hardcore or punk band that's done a double album. Well, Shelter, which I guess you could call post-hardcore. Yeah, yeah. They did a gatefold, but it wasn't a double album, Perfection of Desire. I think it's just a gatefold, or or... It may not be a gatefold. It may I think it may just be a colored out. I, I it may not be a, even be a gatefold. For some reason I always remembered it was a gatefold. But wow. So where would this rank then, as far as artwork for double albums for you? Would this be maybe in the top five? Um, for, for artwork for double albums, well, um. You know, as far as gatefolds, most of the gatefolds that I'm I'm used to seeing are like, you know, hard rock and heavy metal bands, which have a lot, you know, some have some great artwork. 
Um, I mean, as far as, you know, as far as, uh, you know, gatefolds that I'm, I've seen in my lifetime, it's definitely, it's certainly one of the best. Right. Oh, definitely. It's, definitely. I, I don't know exactly. I where. love the fonts too. Yeah. I love the fonts that they used. Yeah. The, uh, the lyrics are, everything's very easy to read. Yeah. And, uh, is there a thank you list? Um, no. Well, they didn't really leave much room for a thank you list. I guess they could have done one here. Yeah, but, but it's kind of a record that art, doesn't... want the artwork. Yeah, this, this record doesn't need... I mean, this is this record... Do bands even still do that? See, I, I haven't bought... I would think punk, so. Like, I mean, based on... records in such a long time, I don't even know if they still do them. I don't know. I, I mean, and a lot of bands don't even do physical... Well, actually, now they do, but... Oh, you mean like physical? Yeah. Yeah. For a while, well, for a while they weren't anyway. Doing physical copies. I'm just looking. Yeah, this is, uh... Gotcha. And it's interesting because if you look at the picture, they did it in the order of how they're positioned. Yeah, this is a great looking record. It's yeah. a great looking record. Yeah, it's, they did a, it, they really, they really outdid themselves. How do you think this would have gone over? Remember, like, the show that we drove up with Joe and Gavin to the Macondo, that rain it was raining all, like, just, it was awful. We drove up in the Subaru. How do you think this would have gone over in 92 or 93? Oh, it would have probably been about the same as it was with, the, the material that they you're talking about with this material oh well, yeah well and, i'm saying that, you know in 92 this record this packaging all this um uh, well you know everyone you still would have been everybody just standing around not knowing what the hell you know what to do right right uh maybe you know a handful of people being you know animated you well, know, just, I just for the sake of being animated because <laughs> it's a show because they're a show but um you know it's yeah trigger man's never been uh an easy pill to, they, yeah, they're like a neat, like I said in the car, they're a niche within a niche. Um, and I happen to like that niche quite a bit. Yeah. They're, and, uh, but it, but it, but it didn't happen right away for me. I, I'll, I'll admit that it wasn't something that, uh, it took, it took a couple of years for you to kind of really get it to really, it actually took the album, I think. Hearing uh, "Dead Like Me" when getting getting the CD. What do you think that was? Why? Because it sounds like it sounds like maybe you might be speaking for the sentiments of other. I don't know. It it it, it just hits music. Just hits me. I it, sometimes it's like you know instantaneous with like four one one. You know, it was instantaneous as soon as I heard "Under Fire" and those homophobic. I was in. Right. You know, a thousand percent. And then sometimes it's a, it's a slow build, and sometimes it's an even slower build. Um, with Trigger Man, I it, it took yeah because they, I guess they started in 1990, and I didn't really start getting into it until like early like early 1993. Right. Right. When I got the CD. Do you do you find that? It happens. Maybe just you. having the music and you know being able to listen to it over and over and over and over, kind of soaking then, yourself, yeah. marinating in it. Yeah. Dude, what about you? I mean, I was I I always was a fan because to me it was 
it was exciting to have someone like Joe be like, like I was doing a band and he was doing everything I wanted to be doing. They were recording, they were playing and that is all I wanted to be, to be doing. So, but I genuinely liked, like, I I genuinely liked the band. I mean, I I knew the lyrics, I knew the, but, um, it's just, it's, it's one of those things I could see how it could be a slow build. But one thing I do know, and one thing that I did notice was, um, they, uh, once Dead Like Me came out, because I, I just remember that being a thing, and I'm assuming it's probably pretty, it's probably the same now, but I'm, I might be wrong. But once people had access to the music, see, I think now, maybe that happens quicker because with Spotify, with everything, with the ability to record stuff in GarageBand and stuff like that, and so once people had the um, the accessibility, it, it it seemed like things turned for them in a in a better way. But I also think that with Joe as the front man, Joe was some nights Joe wanted to challenge the audience, and some nights Joe just wanted to get up there and sing. And I think that the the nights when that was in sync, it was. Great, and I, th- I think the nights when he wasn't in sync with that, and the audience wasn't in sync with him, were when they maybe had their, you know, like there was that show where Joe fainted, but then he came back like a month later. Um, that was like that last show that everyone played at Spanky's, um, uh, and they had a great show. So it just it just depends. But I, I was always pretty much on board with these guys. I, I just always Gavin was just seemed to be doing stuff and, and had created a sound that was unlike anything yeah. I had heard in, in music. And especially like, I know, you know, nothing about what he was doing with his amp. And I remember like that there was always that, 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 that line of light going across on his amp. It was, yeah. 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 It, uh, there, and, uh, all it, I'll admit, I, I did like uh, Learning to Lie because um, I, I did, I um, I really, I actually really quite liked um, the songs on, uh, that you put out on oh. Ringside, side, the, oh, the, the Flux, sinker. is it, oh. the Sinker, yeah. Flux and Desolation Angel, I really liked those songs, obviously the sound quality was kind of not, not there because it was on, that they did on a four track, right, which, right. And then I think they re-recorded pretty much all those for the yeah, second for record. Um, I'll tell you though, I, I, I actually uh, preferred the ringside versions. Hmm. I, 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 I like the, the lo-fi May as you say, Maybe there was just a rawness to them that was more... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's, but uh, Learning to Lie is a great record too. I mean, and they're, all three of them are great. Yeah, Learning to Lie, like I said, I thought it was kind of more their Southern raw. I there's just, mm-hmm. they sort of have like a Southern, just the way that it opens up. I imagine almost like tumbleweeds kind mm-hmm. of coming. Whereas this record, at times, to me, kind of almost feels industrial. Oh, yeah. You know, just... Yeah, there's some, definitely some some industrial to it. I just think it's... It, it, and I, I, I also think it's cool that they've evolved, like... Even though they haven't been making music, even though they haven't been playing, you know, playing consistently all that time, 
like like Gavin, who was the driving musical force in the band, you can tell he's been making music. Mm -hmm. And this is very much like the promissory note, the cashing in of that. <laughs> good one, good. Well put. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Well, Jack, I think we did it. I think we talked about this record. We talked about Trigger Man.